Welcome to the Prairie Heights Podcast. Thanks for listening today. I hope it motivates you. I hope it builds your faith and helps you connect with Christ and a church family here at Prairie Heights. Enjoy the message. feel it in the room. I hope you can feel it at home. Uh, God's moving. God's stirring. And I am so blessed, so lucky, so fortunate. Pick any word you want to be a part of this church family right here and right now. I love you all so much. I'm excited for today. And uh, I got to share with you over this last week, maybe you're getting this spring cleaning itch like the Nelson family. We decided we were gonna go through all of our closets, all the coat closets, all of our clothes, and then, drum roll please, we have two children. We decided, oh thank you, I'm actually getting a drum roll in the room. Again, why I love our church family. And I, we decided literally to go into every nook and cranny of our entire house, take every single toy, puzzle, game, bring it downstairs in the basement, and begin to organize. And wow. <laughs> and after you bring that much stuff and get it in one room, I couldn't help but look at all of it and think, How on earth did we accumulate all this stuff? You want to know the answer? One day at a time. (laughs) One day at a time. One McDonald's drive-thru at a time. One friend who dropped off a box of free stuff at a time. One birthday party at a time, right? And that's what happens in all of our lives is that one day at a time, we begin to accumulate all this stuff. And here's what I want us to think about is that if we aren't careful, friends, we're gonna become people who reach the end of our life and we'll be surrounded by a bunch of stuff. And we'll look around at all the stuff and we'll think, how on earth did we accumulate all this stuff? And if we aren't careful, if we aren't intentional, if we aren't strategic, what we're going to accidentally do is become people who are more concerned and more worried about getting more instead of giving more. Because there's a battle that goes on inside our hearts all the time. And this battle is about getting and giving. And we're faced with so many opportunities to get, to get, to accumulate, to accomplish. And we're also given a ton of opportunities to give. And so what you and I get to wrestle with today is who are we gonna become? Who are you gonna become? Who am I gonna become? As Jesus continues to be the center of our life. You know, here's a couple truths about you and me and our relationship with money. And hey, if you're a first time here at Prairie Heights, you do not need to participate in the next part. But if you're a regular around here, we're all gonna be real honest and vulnerable. Are you ready? I know you're not, but we're doing it anyway. (laughs) Cause I'm already talking about money and it's gonna get real good in this room. Real tension filled and real awkward probably, it's not. 
here we go. Here's a couple truths about you and me and our relationship with money. Do, have you ever, at any point, made your relationship with money way more complicated than it needed to be? Do you ever make it way more complicated than it needed to be? I have at times. I have. I look back and, and it's like I'm faced with a decision between this or that and, and I make it way more complicated. And part of that is because uh, our growth with Jesus, for sure. Uh, how many people have gotten really emotional about money? Have you gotten real emotional about money? Every hand better be in the air. I get real emotional about money sometimes. I get fearful. I worry. I get excited. I don't know about you. Have you ever thought that more money would equal more happiness? Is that you today? That you've bought into the lie that more money would equal more happiness? Hey, friends, I want us to know that we're all in this together. And I believe that there's probably one point in each of our lives where we have been so tempted to believe one of those truths about money. And here's the thing. I believe God wants to break us free. I believe God wants us to live different than those statements. And so we're gonna talk about that today. Anybody on the edge of their seat? Welcome to Pray Heights. <laughs> we're gonna continue sharing the heart of Prairie Heights vision to stand for the people of our community and how together we get to live that out, that we're gonna stand for change lives, future generations, transform community. And I wanna let you know, if you missed last week, uh, head on back and watch it online. We shared how we are already standing for people in our community and how because of what we've done over the last year, people's lives are being changed and not just people right here at Prairie Heights, but people in our community that may never step foot in our church, and it's incredible to be part of. So we're gonna stand for changed lives, the 100,000 people who are living apart from God. Friends, we're gonna stand for future generations, the kids and teens, young adults whose time is right now. We're gonna stand for transformed community to proactively close gaps in mental, emotional, and financial health. And we get to stand together for others. This last week has been so fun. Over and over again throughout this week, I've gotten threads of pictures and saw on social media people with their stand t-shirt. Yesterday, I'm driving back from the cities with my husband Kyle and I get a text message from a Prairie Hider friend and she's at the mall and she sends me a text message with a picture of her and another Prairie Hider they've never met before. So my friend scares the bejeebers out of this other gal and is like, hey, you go to Prairie Heights, can we take a picture? <laughs> and then I kid you not, I stop at Aldi on my way home to get groceries and I run into Maggie and I take the picture same day. And so Maggie and I take a picture and I send it back to Annie and I'm like, hey, look who I found. <laughs> and here's what's so special about this. You see a whole family together wearing their stand, t-shirts, See my friend Tana, who she got to speak to hundreds of fifth graders this week about financial literacy. And you know what? She wore her stand t-shirt. And she believes that she's gonna make a difference because of the ways that God has called her to serve in this community and she is making a difference. 
And here's what I love about it is that, friends, as we engage and live and work and play in our community, we get to see like we're part of something together. We're part of making impact in our community and it's special and it takes all of us. And so here's the thing, in order to keep fulfilling the mission that God has called our church family to, we must look at our hearts. Like we gotta dig in and we gotta get real with what might be going on in our heart. And I believe that this area, it's not the only area. There's a lot of areas that can battle with our heart. Jealousy, envy, pride, sex, addiction. There's a lot of stuff that can wrestle in our heart. Today, we're gonna talk about our relationship with money because that's a big wrestle. And here's the absolute truth, the most genuine, authentic truth. Friends, I love you too much not to talk about it. I love you too much. And it would be, I would be doing a disservice if I chose not to talk about it. And so today we're gonna talk about it and I believe God's gonna meet you. I absolutely believe he's gonna meet you right in the middle of your story. And I believe this is an area that he wants to help you with. He wants to come alongside, he wants to break chains, he wants to change generational cycles. And he wants to give you hope for what he has for your future. And so what we're gonna discover today is how our relationship with Jesus impacts our relationship with money. Because the truth is your relationship with Jesus should impact your relationship with money. And if it hasn't yet, hey, lucky for you, you're here today. And we're gonna talk about it. And God's gonna meet you. So we're gonna walk through a few of the key passages of scripture in the New Testament about faith and money. And maybe for some of you, again, this is the first time you've heard it. And it'll be new. And it'll be explained in a way that maybe you've never heard. For others of you, you've heard it over and over again. And today is gonna be a day where you're gonna have to wrestle with like, I already knew that. And I knew that truth, I'm just not living it. And that's gonna be where I believe God's gonna meet you. And so let's dig into these scriptures. And as we do, the question you get to ask yourself personally is how is my relationship with Jesus impacting my relationship with money? So this first verse, it comes from Jesus' most famous sermon. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. And it's found in the book of Matthew. And during this sermon, what the intention of that entire sermon was is to show people of that time and to show us today Friends, that without Jesus, we will fail. That without Jesus, we're in trouble. That we need Jesus to live a full life. We need Jesus to experience freedom that we sang about earlier. And so in this sermon, here's what he says about our relationship. One of the things he says about our relationship with money, Jesus says in Matthew 6, 24, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So last night I was sitting on uh, my son Ian's bed with him and he had his little piggy bank. Uh, if you have a kid in Kid Venture, they are also a part of Stand. And they are invited to give and be a part of Stan. And so he had his little piggy bank from Kid Venture. 
And he took all his coins and all of his money and he spread it all out on the bed. And he's processing like what to give and how much to give. And, and he's like looking at me for permission of like, is this enough? And I'm like, I'm not gonna tell you. <laughs> That's between you and Jesus. But then I said to him, and this is the bonus of having your mom be a pastor. Maybe, maybe not. I said, okay, Ian. I said, hey, uh, and this isn't just a pastor thing. I hope we all do this as parents who are growing with Jesus. I said, hey, Ian, I want to tell you about a sermon that Jesus gave. And when he talked about this sermon, he said, you can't serve both God and money. So I said, Ian, you're gonna have to decide in your life, are you gonna be someone who, who always is looking to earn more money and get more money? Or are you gonna be someone who is devoted to God? That's gonna be a choice you're gonna have to make. And, and I'm hoping to get into this really deep, faithful, faithful like theological discussion with him. And, and he kind of pauses and he looks at me intently. And then he picks up a coin and he goes, is this a Canadian quarter? <laughs> and I just thought to myself, I'm gonna keep praying. I'm gonna keep praying. Come on, Jesus. <laughs> So I was like, okay, I gotta figure out how do I explain to all of us, like you cannot serve both God and money. Like how can we understand that? And, I, and I, the best one I came up with is like, we cannot, you cannot drive to Minneapolis and Bismarck at the same time, right? You can't get in a car and drive to Minneapolis and to Bismarck at the same time. And here's the truth. You get to decide the destination. And so you can't serve both God and money, but you do get to choose the destination. And so that's the thing that you get to wrestle with and we get to wrestle with and I get to wrestle with because the truth of God's word is you can't have both. And so which are you gonna choose? Which am I gonna choose because I believe the de destination of your life really is gonna depend on it. So the first way that your relationship with Jesus should impact your relationship with money is it clarifies your life's destination. It clarifies the destination. The second passage comes from 1 Timothy. And 1 Timothy is a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote in the New Testament. And the Apostle Paul, he was like, he was mentoring Timothy. Timothy was a young leader and he wanted to like give him all his wisdom. And so he wrote him this letter because he wasn't sure if he was gonna be able to get, uh, be able to travel so he could be with him face to face. And so he wrote him this letter so that Timothy would have wisdom from the Apostle Paul and have uh, more spiritual strength. And so in 1 Timothy 6, 6 through 10, it says this. Paul is sharing with his young mentee, he's saying, but godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. Isn't that so true, but we forget? It's like that living room full of all those toys are not coming with us to heaven. You cannot take any kind of baggage or luggage or things that you accumulate in this world with you when you die. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Where's your contentment these days? 
Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. Paul's telling Timothy, hey, hey, I want you to know this. I've seen it. I've walked with people and I want you to know that those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. If the decision and the end result is just to get rich. It's not a, I want to be real careful. It's not about people who have wealth. It's about your heart's desire. And if your heart's desire is to get rich, it says, plunges people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. This is the, one of the most unquoted, uh, not unquoted, uh, misquoted scriptures in the Bible. You've maybe heard it, but the time that you maybe heard it is, money is the root of all kinds of evil. And they just leave out the front part. Money is not the root of all kinds of evil. What is it? The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Not money itself. It's the love of money. It's our pursuit and, and our desire. When that increases and, and gets more than our relationship with Jesus and our love of money begins to take over our life, that's a red flag. That's a red flag. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierce themselves with many griefs. It ties into the first verse, you can't have both. And so if you're falling into the trap of the love of money, you can at the same time wholeheartedly serve God. And you'll be filled with pain, you'll be filled with destruction, you'll be filled with many griefs. I wanna talk about contentment for a minute. Um, Paul uses the word contentment right at the beginning in verse six, and it means contentment means resting in God for all the necessities of life. It means resting in God that he is the ultimate provider and that he is gonna help you with everything and you can be content that he will provide and you can rest in God in that. And at the same time, friends, in our inner life, that there's this wild pursuit to like pursue Jesus and to pursue internally becoming more like Jesus and resting in contentment that God can take care of all of our needs. And that's like a beautiful picture of how God would want us to live this truth out. And the truth is it's hard to be content when we're always in the chase for more. It's really hard to be content when we're always in the chase and the next and the more. When I have this, then I'll be. That's a chase. And when you and I can get real in our walk with Jesus and we can, we can pursue Jesus, that's a, that's a good chase. That's the sweet spot of where God wants us. And so the second thing that we find 
that our relationship with Jesus impacts our relationship with money is it gives you freedom to be content. It breaks you free, actually. And it allows you and gives you space to be content when money doesn't rule your life. And, and I'm telling you as somebody who's experienced both, I, I've been the one that has like wanted to strive to climb uh, promotion after promotion. And I've been one to have the desire for more. And until I began to trust God in this very area with my finances and say, God, it's not, it's not mine. You just called me to manage it. And when my heart posture got to that place, I began to realize like how free it, how freeing it became and how much freedom there's in that to actually be content. The third passage comes from 2 Corinthians and it's a letter to the church in Corinth. It's also written by the Apostle Paul. So let's read it. It says in 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 8, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. We're getting into uh, culturally right here around Fargo, Moorhead, West Fargo, and surrounding areas, we are getting into planting season. Farmers, my husband is a farmer, and we have, we have hundreds of farmers right here in our surrounding communities who are gonna begin planting season, and they understand this verse. They understand that when they plant all of the seeds that they expect come fall that there would be a fruitful harvest. But if every farmer decided, I'm just gonna plant two seeds this year, what would happen? The harvest would maybe be two if it doesn't get killed by bugs or weather doesn't deplete it. And so this idea that when we sow sparingly, we're also gonna reap sparingly or whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Uh, Paul continues to say, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. God loves it when we reach a space in our spiritual maturity where we say, hey God, I can't wait to give more and I've planned for it. I've planted seeds for years and I've planned to give and so I can't wait to give it. And I wanna just give us a little bit of a deep breath and understand like that's a journey. That's a journey and it takes time. And there's been times in my journey where I have not been cheerful and I've been like, I don't wanna give. God, you're calling me to and you're asking me to and I do not want to. And in those seasons, God helped me and he helped me obey anyway. And then there's been seasons where it's been real easy and I've been cheerful. How about you? Where are you at today? And God is able, friends, God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all you need, you will abound in every good work. See how this builds trust? When we trust God, God with our finances, when we trust God with our money, there's this trust that happens in that intimate relationship. 
And what Paul is saying is, Paul's saying, hey, God is able to bless you abundantly. Now, is he always gonna bless you financially? No, but with our eyes wide open, when we obey God in this area, there are blessings that come. Maybe it's through health. Maybe it's through your kids. Maybe it's through your job or something else in your life. God is gonna bless you abundantly. And so the third way that we uh, know how our relationship with Jesus impacts our relationship with money is it changes your attitude about generosity. It actually changes your attitude about generosity the more and more you practice it and the more and more you trust God with it. And so your relationship with Jesus should impact your relationship with money. How? Real simple, clarifies your life destination, gives you freedom to be content, changes your attitude about generosity. See, friends, when you decide that God is your master and money doesn't have a hold on you, you're freed up. You're freed up. Your heart is freed up for a lot of things to pursue Jesus, to not get stuck in the accumulation of stuff. And as you begin to practice giving, you keep giving because of the blessing and the abundance that you receive in relationships, in health, in the way that like through those steps of obedience and maturity, God just meets you in that and helps you with that. And so the question remains, how has your relationship with Jesus impacted your relationship with money? And friends, I know that for the majority, this is either a really hard conversation, that, that if you're married, this, is, this conversation is filled with tension more than it's filled with ease. <laughs> that if you're single, you're just trying to figure it out and, and you're not even sure how to, manage what you've got. Like I understand that the reality of most homes and most situations is this is a brand new conversation. And friends, I want us to be a place where we're gonna help. I want us to be a place where we're gonna help. And the very first step of helping is inviting you to trust God in this area. And there's a whole lot more that we're gonna continue to come alongside. And as a church family, as leaders and pastors around here, we'd love to help anybody, but we wanna help all of us grow in this area. And so I wanna bring us back to stand and our vision and how this all connects. It's a personal walk with you and it gets to be a collective walk as a church family, okay? In our vision to stand, we have two goals. Our primary goal is 100% engagement. And friends, we're a year in to our vision and we've already exceeded 100% engagement. Yeah, way to go. So proud of you, church. And I wanna continue to invite, because there are, uh, I think this is a conservative number, there are over 600 at least new people to Pray Heights over the last year, at least. And so I wanna encourage you, join the party. Your engagement matters and your engagement doesn't just matter for what collectively we get to do together with the resources that we all pool in. Your engagement matters because of what God wants to do in your life. Your engagement matters because the number one goal of stand from the very beginning has been a spiritual growth, has been our spiritual growth as individuals and as a church family. 
And so I wanna invite you to join the party. The number two secondary goal is 7.7 million over two years. And I just share that because I just think it's good to be clear. And we've been praying for that. And if God, and if God would, wants that, that specific number to be answered, he will answer that. I am not concerned at all. I'm not driving after the 7.7 million. I'm driving after the 100% engagement because I believe it's gonna be a difference maker in your life. It's gonna be a difference maker for you college students to build a foundation. It's gonna be a difference maker for you middle school and high school students to begin to practice this early on in your life. It's gonna be a difference maker for homes and marriages. It's gonna be a difference maker for blended families. It's gonna be a difference maker I believe that because I've lived it and because I've heard story after story and I wanna invite you into that. So last year, um, Kyle and I shared our story and I want you to know um, over and over again, Kyle and I would never ask you to do anything that we aren't already doing. And so as we prayed for months on what God was asking us to financially give towards Stand and to be a part of it, um, God gave us some clarity and when I came home that day and I said, okay, Kyle, here's what I think God's asking us to do. I've been wrestling with it. And at first I was like, are you sure, God? Like, that feels like it's gonna be hard. <laughs> are you sure? And God confirmed and, and I asked Kyle and, and the second I said it out loud to Kyle, I was kind of did the whole thing like I did with all of you, like brace yourself, like hang on to the chair. <laughs> I was like, brace yourself. And, and as I said it, Kyle was like, yeah, okay. And the reason, friends, that there was this ease in that conversation is because we've practiced it for many years and we've not arrived. There's gonna be other times where it's not gonna look the same. This time God aligned us in heart and now we get to follow through on our obedience. And we love that we get to do that, um, but it's not easy. It's not easy and it does require us to live different and make different choices. And so here's my invitation to you. I have three categories of, of probably stages of where you might be in your giving journey. And so here's my invitation to you. Start trusting God with your money. I wanna invite you, if you've never taken a step to give, I'm inviting you to take a step to give. And I want you to have a conversation with God about it. Talk to God about it. Say, God, is this a step you would invite me to and want me to? Here at Prairie Heights, we believe in giving 10% of your income to the local church. I wanna encourage you to make that your goal. And I understand we have a wide variety of backgrounds. And so for some of you, you may need just to start giving something. Don't make, if you aren't at a place where you can, where you feel like 10% tomorrow is something that you're, God's asking you to, I want you to make that the goal, but I also want you to not miss the moment that if that feels like you're just not gonna do it, I wanna encourage you to give something because your engagement matters. Your heart matters. And don't, don't make it an emotional decision. Seriously, don't make it an emotional decision. Go pray to God and ask him what he's asking you to do. Number two, I wanna continue. There's another group, I think, of people. I wanna continue. I wanna invite you to continue trusting God with your money. Continue 
trusting God with your money. Many of you took a step for the first time. When we began Stand, 38% of people who committed to Stand committed to giving for the very first time. That's incredible. <laughs> and so I wanna encourage you, if you were one of those 38% or you're others and you've given sporadically but it's not really intentional, I wanna encourage you to continue trusting by make it more intentional. And that might mean live on a budget so you're not giving your leftovers but you're intentionally giving 10% or a certain percentage right off the top. There was a time in our journey where uh, several years ago, Kyle came to me and he said, I want it to be the first thing. I want it to be the first thing that comes out each and every month. And that was something that God laid on his heart. And so this is about you talking to God and asking God what he might want you to do. Number three, I'm gonna invite you to ask God how you can trust him more with your money. So some of you are at the stage in the step where you are giving 10% on a regular basis. Uh, it's intentional, it's been intentional for a long time. You've been trusting God with that area for a long time. And I want you to consider how can you see all money as God's money? And when you get to this stage, you become a person who says, hey, it ain't, it's not mine. It's yours, God. How would you invite me to steward it? How would you invite me to steward it? Okay, everybody take a deep breath. I understand how difficult this conversation is. I get it. I wouldn't talk about it if I didn't care. And as much as I care, friends, God cares way more. He cares way more. And I wanna encourage you, this is on a heart level. And I get that it's also on a practical level as you begin to do some math. And I get that there's a lot of roadblocks in the way. There are plenty of excuses. There are plenty of reasons why you can't or you shouldn't. And I would just invite you to bring all those things to Jesus and say, Jesus, help me with this and help me take a step, whatever that step might be. If you need help processing that, myself, or we've got other pastors and leaders who would love to do that with you, please let us know. Uh, next week, friends, we're going to celebrate baptism. We're going to celebrate changed lives. We're going to celebrate all that God is doing in and through us. Uh, if you're getting baptized, come tonight to faith night. That is a step in the process, and we want to encourage you to do that. Next week is also Commitment Sunday. What does that mean? It means that we're gonna come together as a church family to respond to what God is inviting each of us to on a heart level in the area of financial giving. And so for some of you, you're a guest with us today and I recognize that and Pray Heights is not your church home, but maybe this message struck a chord with you and you're thinking, I gotta go to my local church and my church home and I gotta give there. Or maybe it just struck a chord with you in such a way that you're eager to give somewhere else because you know that God is tapping you on the heart and tapping you in the shoulder. And I wanna encourage you to do that. Um, if Pray Heights is your church home, I'm inviting you to take a next step on Commitment Sunday to engage with Stand through a financial commitment. That's my invitation. And so here's what it looks like. You've got a commitment card. If you don't have one, stop at the stand hub today in the lobby. Grab a t-shirt if you don't have one yet and grab this commitment card. And I want you to literally at some point over this next seven days, I want you to take that card and I want you to pray over it. 
because this is about your relationship with Jesus. It's not about a card. (laughs) It's not about the amount you put on there at all. It is about your heart. And I want you to take that card and I want you to say, God, would would you invite me to participate? Would you invite me to engage? And if you're feeling a tug, then you would ask God, hey, how do you want me to do that? And here's the invitation. If you've never given before and you're making a first-time commitment to stand in that first box, you're gonna make a one-year commitment to stand with financial giving beginning in May and going through May of next year. How do you process that? You might choose to say, here's the amount I'm gonna give every single month and I'm gonna times it times 12. Put that amount in there. You might say, I'm gonna give one lump sum throughout the next year. Put that amount in there. And you can divide it out and figure out how you're gonna give, when you're gonna give. You might look at your income and you might take 10% and you might put it in there. And then you would divide it by 12 and when you practically get to the place of giving. So there are a number of ways that you can come to an amount in that blank, but that's how you might wanna process it. For others of you that have already made a stand commitment, I am asking you next Sunday to engage in stand again to fill this out and be a part of what God is doing, continues to do. And so you would say, I commit to finishing strong on my current commitment. I made a commitment, I'm gonna finish strong. And the, the next step is maybe you commit to increasing my stand commitment. I believe that there are some people that God is inviting to increase. I don't know who you are. I don't know your story, but God does. And so I would just invite you to make that choice if you would like to. And here's the thing, we know that life happens and if something's happened in your life and your commitment needs to look different, you just let us know because it is not about the amount. Friends, I promise. Like what I want for you is I want you to get closer to Jesus. And this is a practical way and a spiritual way that you get to do this. I want you to see this card as a spiritual step and a result of the way that God is working in your life. All giving goes into one fund Commitment Sunday is a result of your spiritual growth. And so next week, we're gonna celebrate baptism. It's gonna be like crazy and emotional and bring your tissues. (laughs) And then right after baptism, friends, we're gonna come together. And and guess what? People who are coming to Pray Heights for the first time on baptism are gonna see a church coming together. A church coming together. And so over the last year, there have been Pray Heights families that their lives have been changed by their commitment and their financial commitment to stand And so two of those families are the Martz family and the Valville family. The Martz family has been coming to Prairie Heights for, gosh, longer than I have, over 15 years. They were college students when I started coming. And the Valville family moved from California a couple years ago and have joined our church family. And God has stirred and worked in both of them. And I want you to hear their stories of faith um, and how God helped them make a commitment in this area. Go ahead and take a look. Stand matters to me because it gives me a chance to make a difference in the community. It's something I can participate in. We can see need throughout the community, throughout our whole city, um, over and over again. I think stand matters because we all have a chance to be part of it. There are ways I can partner with the church and be helpful and support and have an impact beyond just my abilities and my time. I think for my heart, it was really that big push for um, financial health 
and just what does that look like? And I think that's been a big part of our marriage and our story. Our commitment to giving to Stan has um, strengthened our faith and just trusting in God. I've seen God show up through, through giving financially, and that's how we are participating most in Stand is, is through giving. We weren't necessarily on the same page when we first got married about finances. But <laughs> as we did better and better with that, God always showed up. Probably the biggest one for us, where I think I put up a pretty big fight about that one, about David said, this is what I'm really feeling God calling us to do. Here's kind of my number. And I went, I don't know, <laughs> that's a big number. And so it was that, that trust thing. I think that's what God's been building this whole time. And it was just so crazy to see how God worked in that. And one of the other things that's so exciting is how uh, connected and aligned Jeff and I were. We came to our decision about what to do uh, together. I'm excited um, to give to Stan because um, we're really a part of the community and we are making a difference. They have incredible faith, incredible faith, those two families. And um, it was about a year ago and I got a phone call and Jeff and Tammy, they said to me, they said, hey, can you come over? And they live not far from the Prairie Heights office. So I was like, sure. I'll come over and I, I go to their house and I sit on their couch and, um, and they said, we just got to tell you, we've been praying about what God would invite us to, to give financially to stand and, and we've been praying about it and we've been trying to figure out like, how do we make this decision and, and what's our number, so to speak. And, and they said, this morning it just became real clear. And Tammy said, I was, we're, they're both in a Bible study. They were learning through the book of Matthew. And she said in my devotional this morning and and she shared how God spoke to her heart and she went up at like 6.30 and she woke up Jeff and she was like, wake up, wake up, wake up, I got it. <laughs> and they came down to the kitchen and they sat at the kitchen table and, and what God was calling them to is a real quick obedience. And God was calling them to um, write down on a piece of paper kind of some non-negotiables that they had for that summer financially from their savings account. And they said, I'm gonna write down the non-negotiables and then literally we're gonna take our savings account, we're gonna subtract a couple of those non-negotiables, but that's it, and then we're gonna write a check today because God is calling us to write a check today. And they told me the story and then they handed me the check and they said they did it cheerfully and their faces were like, we can't wait to give this. And you could tell that God was just stirring. And I said, friends, and we prayed over that because I said, friends, it isn't about what's on this check. And I told you last week, if you were here, the 39 cents, that's the 39 cents. <laughs> it was exact because it was what God invited them to and they quickly obeyed. And I have seen God work and stir in their life. And this last year hasn't been easy for them in multiple ways, but God is helping them with trust. And I believe that he's pouring his faithfulness on them because they just obeyed. And I love being part of a church family where people are just quick to say, if God told me to, then my answer is yes. So that's, it's that simple, friends. See, because when we see that our relationship with Jesus impacts our relationship with money, we realize it ain't ours anyway. We just get to steward it. And when we get to steward it well, and when we learn and practice that, we freely give. And it's a blessing to be part 
of what God is doing in and through all of us. Let me say prayer. God, I thank you for how you're moving in our hearts. I thank you for helping us with this challenging conversation. God, I pray that as people leave today, as people shut off their devices today or their TVs today, that God, you would, you would stir in them clarity, that you would give them hope, that you would give them all that they need to follow you in this area. Jesus, we're gonna trust you with all that. We pray all this in your name, amen, amen. Thank you for listening. A special thanks to those of you who give generously to Prairie Heights. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can click the link in the description to give now or visit prairieheights.com give for more information. And if you've enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, or even take a screenshot and share it on your social media and tag us at Prairie Heights. Thanks for listening and God bless.